Welcome back to Level Up, a place where we get to discuss past messages, things going on in our church, in our world, or any questions that you might have. Um, Corey, this past week, uh, you were talking about um, the, the church, uh, ecclesia, and what that means as being the called out ones. Uh, but we started off by saying like, or many people most, I think it was like two thirds. Yeah. So they thought that was actually a very negative word. Sure. I think that's, that's pretty valid. I mean, I, I'd feel the same way. Yeah, I you know our 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 culture now we see, you know I, I I just straight up asked the audience you know when you hear the words called out the phrase called out like what's what's your first thought? Oh, and for and me then, it's like I don't know what I do. <laughs> yep, yep. And there was a handful of verbal responses, uh, two, three or four of them, and they were all of them were sort of in a negative mm-hmm. context or light, and then. Then I just show hands, how many of you here called out and you think negative, about two thirds, and then about a third of people said they thought of it as a positive thing. Now, some of that's personality based, mm-hmm. right? Because some of us are wired to want to get things right no matter what, and so we want called out in the sense that, hey, Walter, you're doing that thing wrong. We need to do it this way. Yep, I'm totally that type. Yeah. Like the worst thing you can do, I probably shouldn't be saying this out loud in case somebody actually tries to, <laughs> But the text message that says, we need to talk. Yeah. It's the same thing. You yeah. just assume that like, oh, oh no, <laughs> what's wrong? Yeah. So I think, you know, I was trying to get people to be thinking about it in different ways before I got into the topic of ecclesia. And so we're all familiar with the concept of being called out and really on both sides of it, right? Mm-hmm. We've probably got experiences where that's been a positive experience. You've been called out for something good that you've done in your workplace or in school or maybe a sport or some other award or recognition. Yeah, more like, you were, yeah instead of like our perception of called out, it'd be more like a, hey, shout out to yeah, something yeah. like that. So recognition of and really as we move into the church, right, it would be framed more like that than it would be with most of our natural inclinations or to think about being called out in a negative way. Mm -hmm. You didn't do that right. You needed to do this or, you know, some other version of it being um, critical. Uh, And so, yeah, I think it's important to have that mindset um, of, of what it means like as a Christian. And so then we shifted obviously to talk about, Ecclesia. So when we see the word church, um, congregation, gathering, uh, meeting, there's a few other words depending on you know what Bible translation you might be using. But if we looked at the Greek, it's all the same word ecclesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, 114 times in the New Testament. Um, and so the, the, the literal definition of it would be the called out ones. So the called out from what well called out from death called out from sin um so you're sort of special and set apart as god's as god's chosen as god's children yeah that's i guess it's really not that much different than you know even just uh i guess where paul is coming from he was part of the chosen like he was you know his lineage spoke to his position and now this is a brand new thing for the people to be hearing because you were either Jew or Gentile. Mm-hmm. And now Paul's coming in and saying, no, that 
I mean, Jesus said it, but he's just enforcing that, you know, these walls are down. And now it's just like you as Christ's people. Now that's yeah. the chosen people. He says there's, you're, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. There's now only one in Christ. Mm -hmm. So we're all called out in that way. And then, okay, so what does that mean, right? We're, mm -hmm. So we've been called out. The church is called out. What is that? What does that mean? And, and so I used Acts 2.42 for that. Um, there's yeah, obviously, there's tons of different scriptures that we could look at for that. But I thought Acts 2.42 in just one short verse really captures, um, especially if you took Acts 2.42 and maybe broke it down and did some separate messages from it. But it really breaks it down pretty simply. You know, you need to be uh, devoted to, it says, devoted to. And this isn't. The, the teachers, the, the apostles, mm -hmm. what what the verse yeah, says. Yeah, it's all right? of the called out it's ones. all of the called out ones. Be devoted to the teaching of the apostles, okay? So in our modern framework, then that would be devoted to the teaching of the pastor or what other study helps that we have, but devoted to the teaching. So that means the teachings and the doctrine, fellowship. Potlucks. Potlucks. <laughs> um the Lord's Supper, so communion, remembering and celebrating Christ's death and resurrection, and then prayer. So those four things is what Acts 2.42 breaks it down into. And of course, that could be parsed out further, but the fellowship one is a big piece of it. Um, there are a lot of churches, um, usually smaller churches, that there's a potluck every week, or mm -hmm. it's a big, big component of what they do as a church. And then, of course, there's individuals. Man, that's just the way that they're wired. They love having people over. They love being in groups of people. They love cooking and cookouts and anything that has to do with some sort of a social gathering. And then there's others. You know, I've joked how many times from the stage, and you know me so well. Like, that's... I participate, but that's not something that I'm really looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a huge component. I mean, that's that's talked about regularly in the New Testament. Here in a couple of weeks, you're going to do the um, the relationships, piece. yeah, relationships as the lifeblood of the church, which is part of the reason why I didn't unpack it any further this week. Because, like this next week, we'll talk about leadership, and then we'll talk about. Uh, would that be you then? Yeah. That's the authority, like authority oh, of scripture, yeah. leadership, and then yeah. So yeah. you're three weeks, yeah. So that's part of the reason why we haven't unpacked things. Probably some people might be thinking, well, why haven't we talked about this yet? It's probably coming. Um, so leadership this week, scripture as sort of, I, I think I have it called the scripture as the DNA of oh, the yeah, church, that. right? So the, the 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 Bible is the foundation, the basis of everything, and then relationships. There'll be a whole sermon on, on you know, like not fellowship necessarily, but fellowship yeah, not, as a Yeah, we're not going to be talking about how to throw a good party or yeah. how to design a menu based on, <laughs> but, but really a, what that means yeah. as far as like how, well, I mean, you look at what surrounds Acts 2.42 and it's, you know, they're, they're fellowshipping, they're praying with one another, they're devoted to each other. And then that was right on the heels of, was it 3,000 were added to, that, yeah, yeah. to them that yeah. day and more and more every single day. And it was based on the fellowship that they were doing and yeah. being brought together. I mean, they're brought together for teaching and sound doctrine. I mean, that's what's happening, mm -hmm. like, right, at Pentecost. And then this is what they're supposed to be devoted to. So I think we can get 
I've noticed this more with people and even in conversation. So this is some conjecture, but some experience through talking with people. Um, for those that have been like part of the church for their entire life, there's different viewpoints about these kinds of things versus somebody like me that, that came in as an adult at 30. Um, you, you start to see church in, in just certain ways or specific ways. Mm -hmm. Well, church is this or church is that. And then when you do a series like this where you really start to parse it out and you look at how all-encompassing uh, that it really is, um, what all is the church? I mean, I think you'll touch on it a little bit that week, or at least that's some of the, the chats that we've had. Um, Paul referencing uh, Christ as the head, mm -hmm. and then we're the, the, the body, the various pieces of the church. Um, that's a piece of the fellowship. Um, it's just a, it's a really interesting yeah. thing. Actually, yeah, the, the church being the body, uh, I, for me, at least, it implies a lot of, the body has to move. The body has action, which brings you right back to where we started with the called out ones, um, because we're called like out of you know darkness, out of sin, into salvation in Christ. But as with anything, that coin has two sides. Yeah. Um, and I, with um, the modern view of the church, a lot of it is show up for the lecture and check that box and head home for the week. And it, I think one thing that we're going to see a lot in the rest of the series is how the church is a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have the perception that people show up to hear about the word and then let the, the pastors do everything. Well, and it, that's not to, I'm not talking about in a volunteer sense, Yeah. but the, I guess where I'm headed with this, um, you know, I probably phrased that very poorly was the flip side of that coin is when you're called out into something, uh, I, when we were talking earlier, I equated this to getting a job promotion. You get a higher position and it's exciting. It's a good thing, it's positive, but with that become, comes uh, responsibility. Sure. And sure. that's something that um, I think largely is um, kind of downplayed in the church because of how we view our role as members and as part of the body. Well, I, let's go back to your, your first point, because I, I do think it's a valid point uh, just as far as, so like with a church like ours, and you know, we don't really know completely the demographic that mm -hmm. watches this so far. I'm going to assume it's mostly people that come to our church. So they would know kind of, okay, what happens for the 65 or 70 minutes that we're gathered together for the, the service. Um, you take the our style of church, the way that we do church, or you take maybe um, other liturgical kinds of churches, and I do really think it's easy to get settled into this. It's um, well, what would be a good way of saying it? Transactional in nature, maybe. Mm -hmm. So you come in, and there's this transaction. There's this transaction of 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 knowledge or learning, and there's kind of this transaction where we sing together or communion or whatever, and then you leave and the transaction is complete, right? Mm -hmm. Now, is a slight rabbit trail and then we'll get back on track. <laughs> I Unfortunately, it seems like there's either 
kind of where we're at. And there's, there's, I'm sure there are further, especially in the liturgical churches, but then there doesn't seem to be much middle ground. And then you, you go clear over here where a lot of churches, it's almost completely experientially based, right? And so it's not that the Bible won't be used or it's not that there's not learning, but it's much more experienced based. So how do you feel? How does this make you feel? And then outside the walls, it's experience based in the sense that, oh, we're painting someone wall walls or doing some landscaping or something like that. So everything's based around experience. And I think too much of either of those sides is a wrong thing. And I think that we missed the mark of, mm. of what does it mean to be called out? Well, it's not just learning and knowledge and the transactional piece. And it's certainly not just the fellowship piece or the experience piece. It's those things together. Mm, yep. So I think your example of a job promotion is a good one. And just in the sense that um, it is exciting when we're called out or promoted or whatever, but then, but then something happens the next day like the, it's not the excitement it's over because the excitement is still there but like you said now the responsibility and depending on the position the authority is there too which yep. can be a scarier thing yet because a lot of times as you're as you're coming along in life you might have responsibility but no authority right mm -hmm. so that's a having having like a, a real full grasp of of what that means. And then we don't think about this at all. I don't think as Christians, like the whole concept of you've been plucked from here mm -hmm. and now you're here. Yay. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Chris always used to yay God boo devil. We're, <laughs> we're on the yay God side, but now what? Right. Yeah. I think it's way too easy to get stuck at the yay position because I mean, yes, worth celebrating. Absolutely. But it's the then what? Because I just, I think far too many people, and myself included, I'm not going to say that I'm, I haven't been in that same exact spot, but like what comes next? And where, where does your responsibility? Well, and, we, and we hear that. Um, it's not uncommon for either of us or one of the elders or just we, in conversation to hear different versions of the question, now what? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a, I'm a new believer or I've, I've been a believer, but a long time, but I've never really leaned in. What should I do? This seems overwhelming or some version of that. Or we'll occasionally have conversations with people where they haven't quite figured out what they believe or where they stand. They're sort of, you know, if we think of it as sort of a window, they're kind of looking, looking in and seeing and, um, what do I do with that? Where do I go? What, what do I ask? I don't, I don't even know what to ask. And then when I do ask, I feel silly. Mm -hmm. I feel out of place. And so there's e even, again, that's not just people that have never been around the faith. That's people that have been around it. That's an interesting thing. And you would know more about that than I would. You've been around church your whole life. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm going to guess if you went and surveyed if we asked you questions about your teenage years and early 20s, there's probably a lot of stuff that you thought you had 
figured out and that you knew just because you were in and around church your whole life. And then like once something happened, I don't feel fill in the blank with something. Mm. Then you realized, I don't know as much about this as I thought I did. Yeah, I think, well, actually, I had a few conversations this week with people that um, they had basically exactly what you said. Like, I I don't really know where I'm headed. I don't even know what questions to ask. I'm just digging into this thing to figure out what I think about this thing, meaning the Bible, like what I I think about it, what's in there. Like, I don't even know where to start. Um, And one of the things that I said to somebody was like, the second you think you got it figured out, something else is going to come through and it's going to shape how it's just going to, I mean, that's the beauty of having a word that's living and active. Like, I guess that's something that I I tell people is don't ever expect to have it figured out because it's going to be a constant growth. But I think you can come back to in those situations and this isn't to just purposely tie it to what we did on Sunday, just for the sake of doing it. I think it's a real thing. If you're in those situations, if you do, those four things that we talked about just in Acts 2.42. Mm-hmm. If you devote yourself to the word and to, to sound teaching and doctrine, whether that's in a message in an auditorium setting or um, if that's reading your own Bible or podcast or some some uh, ho- hopefully good solid <laughs> thing that that you're you're devoting yourself to that. You're, you're, you're fellowshipping with other believers. And so you've hopefully you're leaving uh, bad influences and bad environments and, and putting yourself in, in different situations that are, are positive in that regard. And then participating in the Lord's Supper and then prayer. I mean, listen, if you want the Bible to make more sense to you, we've got a vehicle to be able to do that. It's called <laughs> prayer, right? And, and you express yourself to God. Um, and when we have uh, the Bible talks about we have somebody working on our behalf, the Holy Spirit. And so God knows what's on our heart. The Holy Spirit is, is working in conjunction, and, and, and those things will be revealed how they're revealed. Um, if Scripture's not making sense, then, then let's find another Bible translation that might um, use a little bit different kind of language. Uh, just for sitting down and reading. I mean, we use the Legacy Standard, um, which is just an updated version of the New American Standard version that some of our older crowd would be pretty familiar with because it's been around since I I forget when, but at least the 70s, but I think before that. Um, If that doesn't resonate with somebody, I mean... I, you do when you're studying. I do. I, I still look at the NIV or the NLT or some other things because sometimes I just want to see, okay, how's this worded differently? Mm-hmm. And is it more understandable? And could I use that versus this in a teaching situation because it will make more sense? And I've done that before. Um, I do think it's better to have a more literal translation when you're going to be in a study mode, like when you're prepping for a, a, a sermon you know, three weeks from now. I don't think it would be the, and I've told you this before, I'm saying it for the sake of this, it wouldn't be the best thing for you to be in a, in the message or in the New Living Translation as your study material because they're not using a literal, like a literal translation of the words. And so sometimes there's 
some liberties that they're taking for understanding that aren't. Yeah, you're missing a lot. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I guess all of that to say the point is there are enough things out there that, that, that people have access to, that we have access to, that um, you can start to chip away at that at that fear, at that barrier that seems to be there for people. It's like, oh, I just don't get it, that, you know, that there's this fear there. I mean, the, the Bible plan that we're using, mm -hmm. um, it's the Gospel Project, right? Or, yeah. My, the Bible Project. The Bible Project. Yeah, the Gospel Project is a different thing. The Bible Project, and I've openly said, and I, well, I've used it from the stage as a learning tool, but I've also openly said that, now I don't agree with everything theologically that they say, but they do it in such a way that like, I mean, it was primarily geared towards kids and youth. And I mean, I think a lot of adults can take a lot of understanding from it too. I, I mean, I enjoy the videos. They're the whiteboard drawing sometimes, or there are other things um, to help visually capture the story along with the scripture. That would be a great resource for people to use. Um, again, especially as they're sort of seeking and finding out. And I think that generates more questions, more digging. Oh, I heard this, but I heard my pastor say it this way. I wonder what the difference is. I mean, so. And the other thing too, like we're, as we're looking at, you know, what the church is and Acts 2.42, you know, devoted to fellowship and everything. Like that's another, you know, resource to lean on is remembering that you're not stuck in a silo trying to figure this all out, in, you know, just in private. Like, yep. I mean, yes, you're private reading, but that's how, that's part of fellowship is talking to one another and asking questions and you know, not being afraid to not know something. Like, it's all yeah. cool because, you know, at the end of the day, we might hear a question that someone thinks is kind of dumb. Like, well, I'm really dumb for not knowing this. But then when we hear like, you know, that's a really good perspective and thought about it yeah. or... Well, you just have to yeah, be bold enough to ask those questions. Um, you know, now as teachers, hopefully we're engaging our people in the sense of, of probing mm -hmm. a little bit. But, I, I mean, how many times have you heard the whole, well, if, if you, there's no dumb question, right? If yeah. you have a question, then like yeah. in a classroom setting, right? Yeah, if the somebody's thinking will, it, quite a few yeah. people are probably thinking and so, it too. It was interesting, this sort of, tangent but i was that's okay we're in the middle of a huge yeah. tangent anyway <laughs> i was listening to a podcast a couple weeks back and it was on this question asking topic and um it was sports related and well, the coach said when he would explain something he would do what all of us usually do which is say are there any questions mm -hmm. well in a group, nobody wants to feel called, called out, out. Yep. and they don't want to look stupid. So usually there's no, you know, the hands are down here, right? Yeah. What's Nobody's that mean? Like asking. at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. So I don't remember. I'd have to go back and listen to it again. I don't know if he got this from somewhere else or if it just sort of dawned on him to ask that question a different way. And I just thought it was like a light bulb went off for me. He said, instead of asking are there any questions? He's changed it just a little bit to say, now what questions do you have? And it, it took a little of the, 
the expectation when you word it that way is that there are questions mm -hmm. rather than are you quote dumb enough to have questions yes yep. and i thought what a little tiny thing with a change of word wording but yeah it makes all the difference you've now you've removed that barrier and and you're now the expectation is when we're in a situation like now what questions do you have walter I'm just oh. assuming naturally that there's going to be questions because either I've explained it poorly or you want to clarify oh, that something. Down yes. Because, well, okay, you just know that I have questions and I can just let them out instead of having to admit it. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been thinking about that. And this was just a few weeks ago. And I've been thinking about that as I approached this series because I think it was the week going into the first week of the series that I listened to that. And I was trying to think, how do I incorporate that into my teaching or into my style or of course into my coaching because that was the context mm -hmm. in which I heard it but I hope that we do this in such a way that that whether it's said like that or not hopefully implied but said too the expectation is that there are questions mm -hmm. that there is going to be a continued leaning in a continued seeking um, because going back to what you said earlier about, you know, the, the being called out part, there's the great part of it, you know, and then there's the other side of the coin where that now there's a responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, oftentimes we think about like when you're called out and you have a responsibility in the church, it's going to be to tithe or to volunteer with, you know, kids or in the band or and those are all, you know, fantastic things. I think they're a form of worship. I think we should keep on those things. But the other thing to remember is those questions that we have, the questions to be answered, to build each other up in faith, that's something that, yes, we do with people, but you do with yeah. people. I'm you know, talking to everybody listening if you're on the podcast. That this responsibility, that's part of what's on that other side of the coin is that's everybody's responsibility. Yeah, and I, I made a point of that when I brought up Acts 2.42. It says devoted to... The apostles teaching or the teacher the the teaching of the apostles and I, I just i paused during the message to reiterate you might think because of what happens before that so the, the it's mm -hmm. pentecost so the holy spirit descends and all that right you might think well those responsibilities fall on the apostles or the leaders of the church no that's not what it says yeah. it says devoted to the teaching of the apostles that very much clearly uh, says that's the called out ones. And so it's a, to your point, it's all of our responsibility to be seeking after that. I mean, you probably don't think of it this way. And I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this too, as I'm sure you are. When you have questions and those sort of internal promptings, I mean, who's to say that that's not the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Just sort yeah. of nudging you and, 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 pressing in and kind of leading and probing and guiding you to to dig deeper into a thing well how else are you going to learn about it unless you take that prompting you know i i, I don't understand this i need to know more or whatever it is I, that's super important at least how my mind works is i always in my head and probably to a fault actually i always know that i'm not good at something but and i 
take that perspective because when I know I'm not good at something or I know I don't know enough about something, I don't see that as a a negative, like I'm terrible kind of kind of a thing as much as it is like I can go further because I know where I am. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't hear that as a negative thing, but, and I think it's something that's important for us all to remember is we are, no matter where we are, because there's always more to learn. There's always the next step, but it's also important for the other half um, to understand that everybody else is there too. And when you're in a group, it's no different than trying to get better at basketball or snowboarding or mountain biking or whatever. Like when you're with people, it's easier to progress because there will be people that are better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or further along in their knowledge or something that they can help pull you along and up into that place. Conversely, there may be other people that are, you know, a step or two behind that you can pull along with you. I feel like that's a yeah. lot of the mission of the church, which we're going to be getting more into that when we hit the relationship piece and what the body sure. is. But. but I mean, even this week when we talk about leadership of the church, um, I mean, it, I mean, the primary the primary uh, responsibility of a, I mean, what's the phrase? If you turn around and no one's following you, then you're not leading, leading. anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's a, I don't even want to talk about this in that podcast because that's something that weighs heavy on me as a leader in the church. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> but, Sounds good. Um, no, I do think that's important to remember that there's going to be people ahead of you and, and behind you, you know, contextually what that means you described um and knowing that that's going both ways mm -hmm. um there you don't have to be scared or worried that there's people that are further than you in some spiritual or matter of faith and then when you do attain whatever certain benchmarks or checkpoints of where you think you're at in your spiritual life are you are you reaching back and mm -hmm. right so the big yeah, aspect I, of the fellowship piece and something that could happen in potlucks. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I feel like at this point, we're just going to keep circling around the, the same trees. And now we're thinking about food. So, Ooh, yeah, it might just be uh, lunchtime. It is lunchtime. <laughs> so now with the topic yeah. of food, I'm going to cut things off yeah. right here real quick and go eat something. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, as always, if you have questions, leave a comment below or use the email in the description to let us know what questions you have. And I hope if anything, this discussion just proved to you that there are no dumb questions. Um, but if you still feel like it's dumb, the email, nobody will see it. So send it there. Uh, like, Hit the like button, subscribe, uh, leave us a review on uh, podcasts, and we will see you next time. I didn't even have a bad intro this time, or outro. Ramble, ramble. Yeah, it was ramble, ramble. <laughs> oh gosh.